Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk about yesterday and a little bit about today. Yesterday was one of those odd days. The market's going in reverse on one hand, and then yet it was still kind of, kind of hanging in there. So the Dow and the S&P 500 closed in the red. I don't really like the story that we're telling on a regular basis here. The leadership on Wall Street is very, very narrow in the last few weeks. Regional lender PacWest fell 23%, showing that mid-sized bank jitters are not over yet. Disney tumbled after posting a loss of 4 million subscribers. Streaming is a bit of a mess. It We went from this big cable bundle down to this like bullet shot app of streams and uh, shows. If you really like Disney, if you really like um, superheroes, if you really like HBO's quality, if you really like Paramount's shopping or Paramount's travel, there, there was things you could find. And now they're trying to do it again, build it back up with multiple bundles of apps. Disney's going to get it right. They are Disney after all. Um, But there's some problems going on there, in my opinion. Let's take a look at what we're going to see today at the open. Some regional bank relief, I guess you would say. So a rebound in regional banks gives a little bit better sentiment to the market which gives a little bit better vibe and you're seeing gains in Tesla. Ooh, Twitter says Twitter boss CEO Elon Musk says I f- I found a new hire and she's going to start in 6 weeks. Turns out it's a marketing executive from NBC Universal, so it looks it hasn't been inked. But a marketing exec at NBC brings with it a lot of marketing relationships which they're going to need to rebuild Twitter as an ad serving platform. So Tesla's a big winner today because Elon Musk can come back to work. Meta platforms, Apple and Alphabet are all providing some support, helping mitigate some losses on market or Microsoft, Amazon, and NVIDIA. What else do we have to hit on today? Nothing has really been uh, weakening other than wide stock market prices instead of it's very narrowly focused again. I'm not crazy about that, to be quite honest with you. The S&P uh, Treasury yields are pulling back from overnight yields. The two-year Treasury note yield is 3.9%. The 10-year Treasury yield is 3.4%. There's a lot of talk of default. Once that gets over with, that's going to be one of those negatives that are going to be removed from their market. If you believe it gets over with, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. And if you turn on CNBC, it turns into this almost parade of idiots where why are they talking about this? What is your specialty? Is it, is it debt ceiling negotiations? No. But we all know that bad credit means higher borrowing costs. And if the United States misses a debt payment, we're not going to be that beautiful, highly rated country anymore. Uh, if you miss a car payment, <clears throat> your next credit card payment, your next credit card that you apply for, they're going to say, you know what? You're not perfect. We're perfect. We pay our debts. So that's something we got to get through. And unfortunately, it's not going to come easy. It's going to be very, very dramatic. If your gamer friends are missing in action this weekend, it's probably because they've taken up calls to arms. 
No, they're not joining the fight in Ukraine and Russia. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom is out. It's a sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the flagship Nintendo Switch game that gave a jolt to the stumping video game console market a few years back, especially when it hit during the um, pandemic. Tears of the Kingdom will surpass its predecessor. If you don't understand video games are bigger business than movies, you're missing something and you're being judgy. The game is two gigabytes bigger than Breath of the Wild and $10 more expensive in its digital edition, making it the Switch's largest and priciest Nintendo game ever. I think that's a business story. I grew up playing video games. I have no problem with video games. I turned out okay. Zelda has 2.1 million members compared to just 147,000 in the world of Mario. As far as a Reddit group, people go crazy, crazy over Zelda. Its characters have been referenced in media like The Simpsons, How I Met Your Mother, My Little Pony, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So video games are a real thing. And it's not a good cycle right now in video games because of the high labor cost of producing games. And because we've got a little bit of pull forward <clears throat> during the pandemic. All eyes are on the southern border of the United States today. There's some crazy photos. COVID era policy title 42 ends. It's allowed us authorities to quickly deport migrants expired at 1159. So that can't happen now. Well, not quickly, at least it's expected to result in a spike in border crossings that the U S is likely not prepared to handle. I think we're going to have quite dramatic footage this weekend. Peloton was a big loser yesterday. It's, it's a stock that I can't own. It's too dramatic. It's it's kind of a Civil War stock Peloton. Was it a pandemic wonder kid or is there something more material there? In the end, I, I like that they do subscriptions. I like that they slapped an iPod on top of a bike, but they also started doing some of their own manufacturing. And when they did that, the quality went down. And if Apple were to come out with a watch or a phone or a pad a tablet that you that like fell apart quickly, you'd be like, "Ooh, what's happened to the quality? Peloton is, if you bought a bike between 2018 and 2023, you should stop using it and contact Peloton for a free repair. Peloton found that the bike's seat post can break while you're riding, which can lead to injury, and it's really painful, some of the injuries that they're reporting. It's a big recall. That's never a good thing because it's about quality there. The NFL released its schedule for the upcoming season, and it was a social media spectacle. San Diego Chargers again turned their schedule into a mesmerizing anime. The Titans embraced a TikTok trend. The Jets enlisted uh, the GoGuessr dude, the GeoGuessr dude. I still can't get over how much NFL franchises are worth and the investments in them are crazy. And yet they still keep working. How long will that last? How long will capitalism last is the question. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Let's learn about financial planning, the high-end stuff with CFP Chad Burton. Chad is regional director and partner at EP Wealth. He is someone I've worked with for many, many years on air. In fact, basically my whole career on radio. Not quite, but pretty close. 
Uh, why? Because when I found a CFP that I liked and I trusted, the content was so good, you can't say no. He's a regional director and CFP at EP Wealth. We have a big event coming up May 25th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Going to be talking about income in retirement, investments in retirement, taxes in retirement, i.e. we're going to be talking about getting through retirement in a way that you want to and properly funded with a lot of security and knowledge of a CFP working with you. Chad, let's talk withdrawal strategies in retirement. It's it's a weird one because most of us start working at 18 and we start saving for retirement and we don't think about retirement. We don't think about that nest egg. We don't think about now that nest egg is going to be providing for us after we've provided for it for 20, 30 or 40 years. Um, what do we need to know about withdrawal strategies in retirement? Well, there's so much that happens with withdrawal strategies. I mean, as planners, what we really need to start with is number one, a tax return, at least a year or two. Okay. Um, because, I mean, you know, we're talking about AI these days. We have a software program that'll scan in a tax return and start coming up with recommendations. And then cool. we can run projections based on that, which is fantastic. Um but the issue is what type of accounts do you have? What's automatically causing a tax bill for you each year in retirement, no matter what you do, whether it's pensions, social security, dividends and interest from a taxable non-retirement account, rental income, and how is that taxed? You have depreciation and other expenses that that uh, make your rental income not uh, fully taxable. There's real estate investment trusts out there that have uh, a lot of tax-free income after depreciation and return of capital. So what's actually hitting your tax return before you start to take money out of your 401k, IRA, Roth, sell stocks? And we kind of go from there, Rob. We say, okay, what is the most tax-efficient way to make withdrawals in this scenario? What does your tax bracket look like between the date of retirement until Social Security kicks in? At you know, In most cases, we're having people wait until 70 if they're going to live into the mid-80s. Um, at what, what does the tax bracket look like at age 73 when you're forced to start taking money out of your IRAs and 401ks because of required minimum distributions? And we kind of go from there. We know how much money's left over for the kids. Do we start talking about IRA to Roth conversions and how do we do the cash flow planning for that? So it's why I love it is so many things going on. Every situation is different and, um, it's a lot of fun. Let's talk about a recent Morningstar article that mentioned a dynamic withdrawal strategy in high stock exposure, which high stock exposure is what it sounds like, mm -hmm. can potentially allow a higher withdrawal rate in retirement. Is it possible to start with more than a 4% withdrawal and adjust for inflation each year? Well, I don't think I would start with more than a 4% withdrawal. In fact, okay. um, if we go back, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but that 4% withdrawal strategy to explain that as a rule of thumb, people would say, and this was started in the early nineties. Um, it was very popular when I got into the business, mm -hmm. um, in, in the early nineties and essentially what there was all these studies that were done. And essentially it was, if you have a balanced portfolio, you know, kind of like a 60, 40 stock bond style portfolio, um, and you start with drawing 4% a year out. So if you have a million dollars, you could take $40,000 a year out and adjust it upwards with inflation every year and should have enough money to last until, you know, as long as you do. Well, Rob, I mean, the 10-year the treasury was about 
two times as high as it is right now. I mean, we went from, you know, less than 2% at the beginning of the year to, you know, over three and a half, but it, it was, you know, closer to five and a half, six when that strategy was created. So even though bonds are much more attractive now, they still aren't paying in terms of interest income what they were back then. So I think a safer amount is more like three and a half, three point seven five percent, so that you know you can draw out more each year with inflation um, to keep up with your standard of living. The idea here is that you can't adjust that with a dynamic withdrawal strategy. You're you're essentially looking at the portfolio every year. You start with a f- base financial plan that says this is what my situation looks like. Um, and every year you have to look at it and say, how did my expenses do versus what I projected? How did my portfolio do versus what I projected? And you can adjust it based on what's going on in the market. Now, you know, you have a year like 2022 where both stocks and bonds are down. In fact, the average balance portfolio was probably down. If you look at, uh, you know, a, any balanced mutual fund out there is down anywhere from 13 to 17%. So does that mean you have to cut your expenses by that amount? No, it doesn't. It means you might make a small adjustment of, one or 2% for the rest of your retirement um, until the market co- recovers and then you change again. And that's why it's so important to have a, a kind of a living, breathing financial plan. Really interesting because most people that I meet that don't work with CFPs don't have a living, breathing plan and it's very static <clears throat> and it doesn't seem to work as well. Um, and, you know, and to, yeah. to that point, most financial advisors that I meet that aren't yeah. you know part of our group and, haven't listened to us talk about withdrawal strategies for 20 plus years. There was a lot of financial advisors, Rob, that, you know, their clients were, didn't have much cash going into 2022. And so stocks and bonds were down in 2022. So where are they drawing their money from? They're, they're locking in, they're turning paper losses into real losses if they didn't plan for those withdrawals properly and have that two to three years worth of portfolio draws in safe money somewhere. And now you can earn over 4% on your safe money. So it's not a bad deal. I would love if we can go back and see how static some of the um, professionals have been and how they are slow to change. Is 4% an accurate number when you're dealing with stocks, when you're dealing with bonds, when you're dealing with large portfolios, when you're dealing with small portfolios, where does that 4% become kind of a sweet spot? I think it becomes a sweet spot when you have an active rebalancing strategy. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is that you know, when you go through a financial planning process, you, you, you know, like I said, there's a certain amount of items that hit your taxable income automatically, your social security, your pensions, dividends and interest from your taxable accounts. Um, and then you got to decide where to draw the rest from. Okay. And as long as you have that amount, there's you know, a couple of years of that in safe money. And then, on a quarterly or semi-annual basis, you're looking at your portfolio and you're saying, okay, the market is up, you know, because the S&P 500 is up 74% of the time on average over the last 50 years. So 74% of the time, you can be looking at your portfolio on a quarterly or semi-annual basis and say, I'm going to take, I'm going to peel some gains. I'm going to take some gains off the table and replenish the cash that I've been spending. So it's an active rebalancing situation. It's not a, just a, you know, blind withdrawal strategy where you're prorating your withdrawals out, just like you contribute into your 401k, you're active on terms of what you're trimming. Are you trimming stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities um, to replenish your cash? And if that's the case, I think you could still stick with the 4%, um, but you do have to have that safe money and that active rebalancing strategy. 
I can't tell you how naive I am, Chad, and how hard I worked to create wealth. And now that I'm getting closer to managing wealth with retirement income and tax planning strategies, it's pretty complicated. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him May 25th, 630 to 830, Retirement Income and Tax Planning Strategies. That's right. We're live and in public and in person yet again in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, minimizing taxes and retirement, protecting your estate, selecting optimal Social Security strategies, managing the IRAs and 401ks in retirement, and much, much more. You can sign up for the event today at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I get to be a rock star and talk tech stocks and growth and overall markets, hence tips, tick, tricks, and strategies on accumulating wealth. But the rock star of financial planning is CFP Chad Burton, king of the NASDAQ, as we used to uh, jokingly refer to each other um, with silly titles. Talking retirement income and tax planning strategies. We're going to be doing an event May 25th, 630 to 830. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's a familiar location. It's my favorite location, too. It's easy to get to, and it's got great parking. And we're going to talk taxes and retirement, investing during periods of high inflation, uh, during periods with low rates, during periods with rising rates, Social Security, managing IRAs, discerning good and bad retirement products. That was one that really everyone can understand, bad retirement products. But it's going to be so much more. You can learn what Chad does by listening to his podcast or coming to the event. His podcast is on Apple iTunes. It's on uh, the Google button podcast on your phone. You can find it at Spotify and Apple iTunes as well. It's New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. The event is Palo Alto Elks Lodge, Thursday, May 25th. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Chad, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we just talked about the 4%. Is it right? Is it wrong? Um, but let's get into the 50-50 portfolio or the 60-40 portfolio. 60, let me say that in English. The 50-50 portfolio or the 60-40, because those were things that I recognize. And as I'm getting closer um, in through all these years, I don't know if they're right now. And they seem kind of like uh, textbooks. And I don't know if that knowledge has aged well. What do we need to know? Well, I mean, let's talk about aging in the first place because, okay. you know, over almost 29 years ago when I got into the business, it was the more common portfolio for a retiree was the 40-60. So 40% really? okay. stocks, 60% bonds. Um, but bonds were much higher in terms of income, you know, current sure. income. Um, so that, that changed over time because interest rates went down, um, because of government intervention for the great recession and then for COVID and now it's kind of reversing course to get to more of a normal level. I mean, we can all talk about that, you know, we're, out, we're, we're sure, sure happy to refinance at 2.75% on our mortgages. But I remember when I first got my mortgage, my, on my first home, I got 8.1% and that was, I was like, Oh, that's pretty good versus what they had been. Can you imagine so, today people, they, millennials would be shocked by that. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, but at the same time, they're, they're already shocked because if you wanted that $500,000 home last year, you can now only afford about a $350,000 home with the same payment because of interest rates. So it's definitely an affordability issue. It's just a change. Um, yeah. I mean, getting back to the, the, the 50, 50 portfolio and the 60, 40, the, the issue that people talk about, which is good media, it's somewhat bait click, um, or clickbait. I just said that backwards. So it, it's, it's not dead. I mean, it's, it's still good. The stock market's going to take such good care of you over time. 
you know, if we look at the last hundred years, it's typically S&P 500's average, you know, over you know 11% around there, um, positive 70 to 74% of the time. And that's likely what it's going to do over the next hundred years. Um, you go through pockets of high growth and low growth. That's just part of life. Um, bonds have returned what much more norm, towards normal in terms of income. So it's definitely not dead. It's just different because what's going on in the fixed income market um, and what's going on in even you know small companies going public has changed a little bit. Um, a lot of it has to do with the banking issues that happened during the credit crisis um, and you know, Dodd Frank, Sarbanes Oxley had all those different issues that have put restrictions on what banks can do when they're investing in a company and when they're lending to a company. They can't, there's a lot more rules involved. So there's a whole asset class called direct lending or private credit. Um, you know, I, I've never been a fan of hedge funds, but there are certain ways to do private equity to, to help get into that, you know, up and coming companies because, I mean, you've seen it, Rob, right? I mean, there's so many fewer companies going public these days. They either just stay private and wait until they're purchased um, or they just kind of stay private forever because of the issues that they have to deal with when they do go public. They have to report earnings quarterly. They have to do all these different things. So there's also some private equity. So when, when portfolios are over $2 million, that's where we start adding alternative investments, direct lending or private lending, um, private equity private real estate, which are some really good ones out there um, and do different things like different things with highly concentrated stock positions that you're trying to whittle down over time to reduce risk in retirement, things like selling covered calls. So it's just different, but the 60, 40 portfolio, or, you know, if you're younger and 80, 20, it's not dead. It's it, the stock market's going to take really good care of you over time. And any of these stories that we talk about, whether it's, you know, Russia or Afghanistan or, or whatever, it, it, the debt ceiling, we dealt with this 2011. We've dealt with it before. Same stories, same movie, just different actors. Good stuff. And uh, I just saw two um, proposals, I guess, prospectuses from EP Wealth on some of the alternative assets. Um, very intriguing stuff for high net worth individuals. Let's move on and get to as much content as we can. Let's talk a common Bay Area retirement scenario. Because um, this is an area with high net worth and with mm -hmm. stock options. There's, it's not like we're we're, we're trolling for clients and um, I'm not gonna. I don't. Who am I gonna offend here? Arkansas. <laughs> we actually have clients in Arkansas. So oh, that's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> Oklahoma. You got to remember, there's a big uh, Walmart corporate quarters there. So, oh, well, well said. Well said. <laughs> we'll we'll edit in post. There you go. Uh, a common scenario, especially in the Bay Area. I mean, a common scenario anywhere is, you know, most assets in 401k and and home and, um, you know, things like that. But in the Bay Area, we, we tend to see most assets are in. Let's not talk about the home for a minute because the home is really not an asset until you're modeling the sale of it and downsizing and going somewhere else. Right. Um, so we're talking about typically a large 401k. A concentrated stock position. Let's say you work for you know Microsoft or KLA or you know any of these companies. So we're dealing with a concentrated stock position that you need to um, you know look at liquidating over time and hedge, reduce risk. Um, oftentimes, there's a, a big cash amount from a, a liquidation. So when people retire, they usually have to exercise any remaining non-qualified stock options and things like that. Um, so you, you kind of have these different 
buckets, right? You got cash, you've got your 401k, anything you draw out of that's going to be hundred percent taxable. You got concentrated stocks, which might pay some dividends, but anything you sell from that is going to be taxed as capital gains. And that's why knowing tax brackets is very important. Um, there's a 0% capital gains bracket, a 15 and a 20% capital gains bracket. And so if under your, your only income is dividends from us stocks and capital gains, you can actually have a lot of income with a very low tax, but as soon as you pull money out of your 401k, it can drive those capital gains up into the next bracket. Mm. Um, so it's really alternating your income, um, and drawing from the right sources, you know, selling some, doing some covered calls to create income on that concentrated stock, all sorts of things you can do. Very complicated. Um, we've only got about 30 seconds left. So let me plug this seminar, retirement income and tax planning strategies. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. It's May 25th. If you've been to one or two in the last year, please don't come. We don't have a lot of space left. It's getting crowded already. It's the Palo Alto Elks Lodge, retirement income and tax planning strategies. Uh, taxes and retirement, social security issues, estate planning, IRS 401k, strategies of withdrawal, how to beat the markets, and much, much more. Sign up at robblackshow.com. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Retirement is a little bit trickier than your work years. Your work years, you work from age 28 to 60, and then you retire from age 60 to 100. The work years, you can figure it out. You can live off lower income. You can downsize your home. But in retirement, you don't have as many options because you don't have that income coming in. So you don't want to get it wrong. Talking about retirement income and tax planning strategies coming up live. Palo Alto Elks Lodge event with CFP Chad Burton. He's also with EP Wealth. Thursday, May 25th, 630 to 830. I'll talk big picture stock market stuff, but he does most of the show talking about taxes and retirement, social security strategy, investing in periods of high inflation, low rates. You cannot be static in retirement. That's the one thing I've learned. And it's the one thing that I clearly see as I get closer and closer to living off my years of creating wealth, managing it's a little bit more savviness needed. Let's talk a little bit about Roth conversions and contributions, Chad. The Roth is, it's not controversial, eh, but the pros and cons are there. Let's talk about Roth strategies and Roths. Well, people are going to have to get to know Roths, whether it's Roth 401k and Roth IRAs a lot more in the coming years because recent law changes, uh, you know, those catch-up contributions um, that people make into their 401k when they're over 50, you can make higher contributions. Eventually those are going to have to go into the Roth. Um, So people are going to have to learn more about this. And when you contribute to a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, you're contributing after tax dollars and, but it grows tax-free forever. And when you pull the money out to live off of it, it, it's, it doesn't hit your return. It doesn't cause your social security to be taxable, your Medicare premiums to go up. It's very attractive in retirement. Um, now there's a difference between contributions because there's income limits and, um, and dollar amount limits to contribute to a Roth. But when you retire and you want to move money from an IRA to a Roth, there's no income limits. The IRS is happy for you to do it and pay taxes. So the question is, is, is it a smart idea for you to do it? Because there's no income limit to convert, but there's various tax brackets that you're going to face. It's a, you know, there's, there's marginal rates. You don't want to go too high. You want to have a very good detailed long-term cash flow projection where you can clearly see what's my tax bracket look like between now and social security between now 
And when I take my required minimum distributions and how much money am I going to left o- have left over for my kids? Okay. And so if you can clearly see that after 73, when you have to pull money out of your 401ks and IRAs, 403bs, your tax bracket's going to jump and you can clearly see you're going to have money left over for your kids, then you should be considering IRA to Roth conversions. But you know what got tricky, Rob, um, mm-hmm. for, for younger retirees? So, um, you know, you don't get on Medicare until you're 65 and you can delay that if you're continuing to work without penalties. But what if you retire at 60 and you remember that kind of common Bay area situation that we talked about where you got a big 401k, you got some concentrated stock and you got a bunch of cash from a liquidation event. Like you, you had to exercise a bunch of options right before you retired. So you're sitting on cash. One of the things that happens is between 60 and 65, you're typically on Cobra for a little while, and then you're on one of the Affordable Care Act plans, like covered California. Well, if your income looks really low on paper, then you get these huge premium credits. You know, you could get up to 20 grand in some cases. So you have to be careful from the age of 60 to 60 or retirement to age 65, because doing an IRA to Roth conversion could make your could make those go away. So it got a little bit even more complicated. Uh, but once you're 65, it's really, that's the golden time between 65 and uh, before 73, when the required minimum distributions kick in, where you have the most control of your taxes. You can really play at the end of the year with your bracket and say, hey, I've got 20 grand left at this bracket that I'm currently in. So why not pay the taxes now and move some money from an IRA to a Roth so it starts to grow tax-free forever? Have we hit the Roth conversion and the Roth conversation hard enough? I think that one thing that, you know, people need to really be careful of is to realize that when you make an IRA to Roth conversion, you have to pay the taxes from somewhere. So there's a lot of cash flow planning that goes on okay. in terms of, do you have enough cash to do the conversions? And the other thing is, like I said, make sure you have a very detailed plan. It's not a, a Roth is right for everybody. Um, if you're not going to have a lot, a lot of money left over for your kids, it might make, not make a lot of sense. And a lot of people say, well, I'll do it. And then I'll use that money to pay for long-term care if I need it. Uh, you know, that's not really a great move either because you might use the, the deductions from paying for that health care to offset IRA withdrawal. So a lot goes into it. I mean, it's not just a, let's do the Roth. It, a lot of planning goes in. Let's talk about cash deposits. And you're going to laugh at this. I was recently talking with someone at EP Wealth and we're talking about cash deposits. And your name got brought up and something like access to 10,000 banks. I was like, oh, that's so Chad. Uh, here we were talking like two or three, uh, me and my friend. And um, it, Chad's like got got a bazooka of bank topics and bank content. What, what do we need to know about large deposits of banks? Uh, well, sure. I mean, this is this has been really, really important because you do not want to have over uh, FDIC insured limit at any bank, um, especially a regional bank. Right, right now, um, because you, you just turn on CNBC or or uh, Bloomberg for more than 10, 15 minutes and everybody's talking about the large commercial loan refinance that's going to occur in the next two years. So everybody already knows about it, but it is, you know, higher interest rate costs that, and the direction of interest rates really is putting a strain on those banks. And so, um, you know, this is a problem for a small percent of the population. But if you have no way to be at one bank where you can have up to three accounts, you know, fully FDIC insured. And it depends on if it's a single account, a joint account, or a trust account. You can get more FDIC insurance with a trust account because it's you and beneficiaries. 
so if you have a lot of cash, there's programs out there where within one account, they spread the money out automatically at $250,000 increments around a bunch of different program banks, you know, yields over 4%, um, and a ton of FDIC insurance. It's really good for like corporate accounts too. Um, so that you can have kind of one account, but it's already spread among banks for you. So you stay under the FDIC insured limits. And that's just something that we do as part of service for clients that have large cash deposits. Working with a CFP, I think, is critically important once you hit that 500000 or more, once you're 55 years old um, or greater, once you have a complication in your financial planning that's a little bit more than, whoa, I'm rich, I hit the lottery. Um, I think there's a lot of issues here. Let's talk commercial real estate. We've got three or four minutes if you want to chime in on what you're seeing in commercial real estate. And should we be concerned, Chad? Well, it's interesting because, you know, we're in areas between our Vancouver, Washington offices right across from Portland, Oregon, which is a disaster. They've screwed up that city. Uh, you got San Francisco. What do you mean? What do you mean? Give give me some color on that. All the businesses are moving out. I mean, it's a disaster in downtown Portland because of the homeless issue. Yeah, it's it's a problem in San Francisco, too. How they let the riots occur and everything else. It's completely it went from a very beautiful city to a garbage dump. It's literally ruined. Um, so we need a big change of administration there, but anyway, um, you could run for mayor, <laughs> but if Garbage you look at dump. places like, you know, <laughs> if you look at places like, uh, Dallas and Houston, I mean, there's cranes everywhere. You can't build office or apartments fast enough. So there's certain pockets where it's, where commercial real estate is garbage. And everybody knows that there's a ton of refinancing issues in the next two years with commercial loans, because typically when you do a commercial property loan, it's. Uh, every five to 10 years, you're having to refinance. It's just how the business works. So everybody already knows about it. And I think there's going to be some really good opportunities with certain real estate investment trusts that'll be able to capitalize on this issue and even direct lenders. Um, There's going to be a lot of companies that are going to want to sell their real estate to put cash back on their balance sheet. And I think that's going to be a lot of opportunities that we're going to see later in the year. So when everybody's scared of something, that's when I start looking for big opportunities. I uh, do the same thing in tech stocks. When you get a high quality name that's been dislocated, uh, you know, down 40%, it could be an opportunity like it was with Meta, like it Mm -hmm. is with Google, maybe like it was with Microsoft for years. Um, So I like looking for things that are value when others are hating on it or fearful. Uh, Any last second comments before we plug the seminar? No, I mean, come to the, if you're, if you're trying to say, I don't want to go to a, you know, retirement 101, I want to do a retirement 300 level. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fire hose of information. We're going to cover everything from setting up distribution style portfolios to all of these tax issues that you need to know about going into retirement. So if you're within, you know, five or 10 years from retirement or in retirement, that's the event for you. And it's a good event because you've recently um, highlighted a sequence of returns where it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. And then in 2022, it did mean something where it was just a bad year to retire. And if you were listening to what Chad was saying, you were ready for it. You understood that that year could happen. Uh, talk maybe a, just a second or two about sequence of returns, because I think it's one of the more fascinating things that people don't grasp. Uh, well, I know. And, I've, you know, we started doing radio together in what, 90. 90, let's see, 98. Somewhere in that area. Because, yeah, Nick was born in 99. So, we, okay. so yeah, we had, he was incubating at the time we, were, we started doing it. But um, so yeah, I've been preaching to this forever because I was majoring in engineering and math when I got into the business in college. And so, you know, s- since then, I've been talking about, 
you know, sequence of returns and having enough cash to get through rough markets because the market does so well over time. You just don't want to sell in the downturn. That's right. So I was right during the tech correction. I was right during the great recession and uh, definitely right in 2022 when bonds and stocks were down at the same time. So sequence of returns is very important. It's easy to fight if you just do it the right way. And it's interesting to note because I think it's Pulitzer Prize kind of material. It's really thought provoking. That's what this event's going to be about. Come meet CFP Chad Burton. You can check him out and you can make an appointment with Chad if you want to do that. Go to chadburton.com. He's a certified financial planner. He's got a team of financial planners working for him. But you can find him at chadburton.com. But we're trying to fill up the event in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, May 25th, 630 to 830 retirement income and tax planning strategies. It's it's very similar to the one you did last time. So if you've been to these before, you don't have to come again, make an appointment and uh, talk to Chad personally, minimizing taxes in retirement, how to choose the right investment ideas and in high inflation with low rates, with high rates and much, much more. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. So set aside Thursday evening, May 25th, and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. This event will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or are in retirement and have at least 500000 in investable assets, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, May 25th, 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the sign-up fee. chadburton.com.